Welcome to Operators Only, the podcast for entrepreneurs and decision makers. Join us as we dive deep into the journey of business ownership. From the exhilarating highs to the challenging lows, we will explore the good, bad, and the ugly. Get ready to gain insight, strategies, and inspiration from seasoned operators who have successfully grown their companies. Discover the secrets, the lessons learned, and the invaluable wisdom that come from these real-world experiences. Welcome to another episode of Operators Only Podcast. I'm your host, Keith. Today, we have the Zach Sasser, who is also known and dubbed the Young Closer. Zach is uh, a very high-performing 23-year-old male who resides in the Lone Star State. Everything's bigger in Texas. That's what we always hear. That and only thing from Texas are steers and queers. I think I hear that one too most often. Chill out. Chill out. Well, I was born there, bro, so I get it. You know what I'm saying? I say the same thing. I'm like, yo, chill, watch your mouth. Uh, but anyway, man, welcome, bro. This has been a long time coming. Dude, I'm just going to start off by giving you some flowers. Right? We don't do this enough. You're one of the most abundant fucking giving 23-year-old kids I've ever met. And I say kid not disrespectfully, but I'm fucking 41 years old, so I can say it. Thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being genuine. Thank you for leading by example. Thank you for being the guy that people look up to. Just thank you for being you. I appreciate you. So with that being said, man, I am fucking excited just to rap about who you are, why you're so goddamn different, and just the mindset and the tenacity that you have as an individual, a business owner, multiple businesses, scratch that, not just a business owner, but running very high-level businesses and running several of them at once. So thanks for being on the show. We appreciate you, bro, and, and I'm looking forward to diving in, man. But uh, get, give the audience a little rundown, if you can top mine, on who you are and, and kind of uh, – you can't beat my shit, bro. This There's is- no way, dude. That's the best intro I've ever got. <laughs> so first yeah, off, yeah. I, I appreciate the words, and, and dude, it's, it's an honor to be on your podcast as well. Um, definitely a long time coming, man. I've, I've been looking forward to it for, for a long time. So, um, man, one hell of an intro. So I'm, I appreciate you for that, man. And I appreciate your friendship, too. Um, I love you, man, for real. You're, you're, you're family to me. And um, definitely grateful that, that you know, Apex brought us together, man. For sure. Yeah. So, so you already touched on Apex, man. Apex, Apex, Apex. Listeners, guys, gals, grandmas, grandpas, children's, uncles, aunts, if you are – into business ownership, entrepreneurship. If you want to be in business ownership, entrepreneurship, you got to connect with Zach and learn about Apex. You know, <clears throat> with Apex and, and really just in general, man, it's important to invest in yourself. It's important to, to grow, right? It's important to put the money where the, the number one investment back into yourself. And Apex is the epitome of what that really means. Truly, uh, I think what's probably the most important thing an entrepreneur or really any, any individual, but more so in the entrepreneur space, the more money you put into the learning curve, which what I mean by that is like the quicker you pay to either hire someone that's doing the job better than you or the quicker you can pay to get in a room full of people who are doing life better than you, the quicker you become those people. So when we talk Apex, like when, if you were to say, hey, Keith, what does Apex mean to you? My definition of Apex would be family first, just because of the culture that you guys pour into people, right? 
And two, I think it's a fucking cheat code. I just think it's a cheat code. And what I mean by that is like, there's no other room I can walk into and give and give and give and receive the same love that Apex gives out. And I think that the family, you know, the trajectory of who's in Apex, what Apex is building, the message, and then I, I also think the accountability within Apex is what causes people to level up way quicker than they would necessarily run in solo, right? When you think Apex, when you think investing in yourself, how important has that been to you and your journey? Dude, so you're 100% right. And, and you kind of hit on it earlier. You were talking about me and let, let's talk about, you know, what, what makes you different and stuff like that. And dude, that, that's like the number one thing is, is getting in the right rooms, getting surrounded by Keith Gosses, getting surrounded by Brandon Brittingham's, getting surrounded by, you know, all these people that, that we have inside of this room, which for those of you that don't know, but basically Apex is a, it's a coaching program, but it, it's more so a network. Like, yes, that there's coaching and training within it, but you're really what you're doing is you're getting surrounded. You're, you're paying to be in the right room. And okay. you, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 23. And I, I, I think one of the, the cool things about Apex is I'm kind of like the, the poster child for it. I'm, I'm, I'm the golden boy. I, I came in as a 19 year old intern um, doing intern stuff. You know, I, I was going to get coffee and stuff like that, like scrubbing the toilets, basically like I started at the bottom and simply from being in that room man, being surrounded by other Apex members, Soaking up the trainings, listening to the mindset, learning the sales and marketing and growing teams, creating culture, you know, SOPs, all that, all, all the business talk, all the business jargon. I just started picking up on it. And when, when you're surrounded by it enough, you start picking up on it. You start learning. At first, I had no clue what it was, you know, culture, SOP. I, what is that? You know, I'm 19. Right. <laughs> but then you start realizing what it is. Then you start, you know, it, it, it's those levels of consciousness that, that people always talk about. And the, the more you're around it, the more you're going to learn about it and, and the better you're going to get with it. So, man, it, when you're talking about let, let's talk about what sets you apart. That's it, man. Get, getting surrounded by people that as a 19 year old intern probably had no, no, uh, no. What's the what's the right word for it? Like no business being in the right room with them. You know, I, I, imposter syndrome out the ass. Like, like I, I do not belong in this room. I don't belong by these people. But the, the cool thing is, man, is is. Entrepreneurs are, are, are real similar, and, that, and that's why we jive so much is because we all go through the same stuff. We all go through the same struggles. We all have the same wins, and whenever you're willing to work your tail end off, people that, that were in your shoes 20 years ago, they see you, and, and they recognize it, and they respect it, and they want to pour into you even more, and I really think that that's, that's what Apex has done for me is I'm just – dude, I'm coachable, and I'm, I have a high aptitude, and I'm willing to do the work. I'm doing, willing to do whatever it takes. And people just start pouring into me even more. They're like, dude, I, I love it. I love it. You know, if I was in the room that you're in, if I was in this Apex group at your age, I have, dude, I would be a billionaire by now. Like they're, they're 40. They're, this was 20 years ago. Dude, I would be a billionaire by now. And it, it's so true, man. I, I have no doubt that that's the trajectory, trajectory I'm going on. And it, it's all because I'm, dude, I'm surrounded by Keith Gosses all the time. And in the real world, what other room am I allowed to be surrounded by a Keith Goss? None. None. Well, probably more than you give yourself credit for. But the fact of the matter is like, what rooms, do you, what other rooms do you need to be in? And the answer is none, right? You are in a room and I'm in the same room. And, and that's what I mean, right? So let's, let's, you, you packed some, some punches in there. Tenacity. You mentioned tenacity, right? Of like, 
there's a lot of people out there that can read a book, you know, buy back your own time, Dan Martell. Yeah. They can listen to, to MF CEO, you know, Andy Frisella. And they can jack themselves up and get all amped up, but are they going to follow through? Are they going to actually do the fucking work? And, and nine times out of ten, the answer is no, because they aren't in a room full of people who can check them. Dude, 99%, 99% of the time, it's no. Or Mosey just gave all the stuff away, and it's like no, nobody's going to do anything with that. Right. I was going to make a post yesterday. I'm like – this shit is blowing up my sales feeds and I'm 90% of the people that I see on there, they haven't done shit before and the chance of them doing shit after. I'm like, there's just because he gave you the ticket doesn't mean you're going to go cash it in. You know what it is, is they get the same dopamine rush from actually getting the results from it as simply just making a post as if 100%. they're going to get the results from it. Same dopamine. Your, your subconscious cannot recognize the difference. So it's, it's the same dopamine. Yeah. Yep. No, you're hundred percent right on that. And that's, I didn't think of it that way, but now that you mention it, it's, it's, that's what it is. It's the victory of the post instead of doing the fucking work to get to the victory, right? So with that, I think, you know, one thing that sets the, you know, the apex mindset is like, we do the fucking work. We do what we say we were going to do and we do the work. That is not teachable, right? No one can teach you at 23 Hey, this is what you should do when you wake up, and this is how you should do it. Yeah, they, they're telling you what to do, but the actual implementation of it is completely different, right? And there's a lot of people out there. I'm fucking echoing again. There's a lot of people out there that refuse to actually implement what they know they need to do to get to the next level, and they just want to talk about it. And I think that's a huge difference in what I see in you and you know, 3,000 other individuals that are within this group. There's not many people in the group who just come and hang out and lollygag. There's some, right? Naturally, there's always going to be some, but predominantly, it's a bunch of great white sharks in a room. It is, man. It it is. It's it, it's crazy the the people that Ryan's been able to attract into that room because, dude, I'm I'm blown away that there's tons of masterminds, there's tons of networks, tons of coaching programs out there, and dude, I I, I put Apex up against. Every single one of them, because our the, the network in there, the people that that is are, are just called to Apex. It's it's like we we always laugh because we see all these other groups. I won't name them, but we see all these other big time groups out there, and their people won't join Apex. And the reason why is because they know they know we're real motherfuckers over here, and that they know we'll see right through it. Um, so so we we always laugh, man, because it, it's re real, recognized, real, and, and and real definitely recognizes what's not real too. Um, so, so we see through a lot of that bullshit. Yep. All right. So let's talk about you, man. So I'm going to let you run the gambit of businesses you're involved in. And then I'm going to kind of dissect these companies and let's just talk about some of the growing pains because I think you have a really clear message and a timely message for young entrepreneurs across the country. There's not many 23 year old guys running as many companies as you, right. And have your hands in multiple things. Successful. For sure. So, so I know them, but I don't want to. I'm not going to steal the thunder. So let's start at the top, right? And then let's 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 go through the companies. So what's yeah. the first company you started? So yeah, so 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 the first company I let, let's do this. So so little background on me. I, I grew up in an entrepreneurship family. So I grew up in a roofing family. My dad owned a roofing company. Eventually, my brother took over for it. He actually started his own. And um, so I, I always grew up in an entrepreneurship family. My dad was a part of this Apex group. So that's how I got plugged into Apex. I'm the top sales producer over here. 
that's my really my main focus. You know, I, I come into the office nine to five and that, that that's really my main focus. That's kind of like like what feeds everything else. Um, it's where I learn how to grow these other companies. It's where I learn how to how to build the teams, the systems, the culture, all that sort of stuff. Um, so Apex, that that's one of them. Um, the other one is going to be, so I started a tree service company. So, so really how I took off at Apex, I started as an intern, became the top sales producer at 21 and, and really haven't lost it since. Um, how I started that was all through high school, I was learning SEO and rank and rent websites and lead generation, all, all these different, make a website, make it show up first on Google, generate leads. Um, and I created a couple of tree service ones and these tree service ones that they, they ended up getting some leads. I was sending them to other tree service companies and nobody was taking care of them worth the shit. You know, I like, I, I worked my tail end off to get these leads, send them to these people. And I'm like, I'm on a, a what is it? Commission-based uh, pay. And they're not even calling them. And I was like, all right, this is, let's change this up. So I started my own tree service company. So I, I got the crews out there, hired my mom and that company really runs itself. It, it doesn't do insane revenue. Um, we do about six figures, low six figures, like hundred K maybe 120 K. Um, but it's completely autopilot. My mom runs it and hands off. So I have that. And then my other main focus is going to be the roofing company. So my brother's roofing company, um, he, he crushes it. He absolutely crushes it, but he was so focused in the business that he wasn't able to actually scale it. And the reason why he started his own company instead of just taking over my dad's is because my dad didn't want to grow it. My brother did. So my brother, he was, he was crushing it, but he wasn't able to start working on that business instead of in it, hire, train, uh, recruit systems, processes, all that sort of stuff. And with me being surrounded by Apex and learning how to, to grow these companies, being surrounded by really, really man, the, the, top, the top roofing companies in the country, being able to pick their mind and just be like, dude, like, how do you do this? You know, what, what was it like whenever you were growing in the early stages? What were those different chapters? What was it like growing to your first 20 people, then 50, then 100, then, you know, so on and so forth. And I started to pick up on some things and, and I loved learning about that. And I would go back and I would tell my brother, I was like, hey, we, we got to start doing this. He's like, dude, I don't really have the time. Why, why don't you do it? Um, so that that's what I'm focused on in the roofing company. So ever since I came on with my brother, um, he had one sales rep before, so it was him and uh, one sales rep. We're, ever since I came on, we've grown that to 13 sales reps. About five of them, they're, they're kind of cheerleaders. Another five produce a deal every once in a while, and then we got like two, three, four um, killers. They're, they're bringing in deals consistently, million-dollar producers, and, and we're growing that. Um, so, man, I'm, I'm, I'm focused on that, too. We're, we're having a record year there. Tons of hail hit DFW this year. Um, so, so those are really – my, that shit's not hail, bro. That shit is like uh, meteorites, iced. Yeah, you guys get dude, fucking dude some were gigantic. Some were gigantic. I mean, I work with a shit ton of roofers in Texas, and some of the pictures I saw are like bowling balls falling through people's roofs and shit, like dude, tearing up couches dude. and shit. Seriously, like, like you're you're not exaggerating. No, it's nuts, dude. So, so you being involved in so much and still being able to focus on your main responsibilities. Let's talk about how you do that. Because I, a lot of motherfuckers can't even figure out what to do in their main business throughout the day because they don't have enough time. You're producing at a high level in Apex, and you're running two other companies, and you still do other shit on the side you didn't even mention. Like We don't even need to go there, but there's still other shit that happens in your world on a daily basis that you're, you're paying attention to. 
How do you do it? Yeah, man. So, so tough question. How do you do it? You got to think through. Okay. So like, like you wake up in the morning, like everyone's heard time blocking, right? And time blocking's cool and cute and all that, but, but time blocking isn't really the how. Man, so, so I, I think the biggest thing is priorities. Um, so I, I, I prioritize. So if, if I have all these different responsibilities, what are the biggest things that's going to move every single one of those? And I've narrowed down every single company to a couple of tasks that I have to do, nobody else can do. And if I don't do that, then we're not growing. Right. Not only that, if, if I don't do that, then the company's probably failing all, all across the board, all three of them. If, if I don't do this, then the company's failing. So I've narrowed in so much into what, where, where my time's best fit in each and every single one of those businesses so that I'm able to move them forward. So I know in Apex, it's simply being in the CRM, simply reaching out to people, hitting my KPIs and reaching out to people, having those conversations. Not only that, but then also making sure that my clients get the biggest wins out of everybody in the entire in, in the entire company. There, there's plenty of sales reps. Keith, you can you can speak on this, too. I make sure my clients win more than anybody else. That, that simply put, whenever you sign up with me, I make it my sole responsibility that you're you're not going to leave Apex because of lack of value. If you leave, it's going to be personal issues. I, I don't know, but it's, it's not going to be lack of value. Um, so that's Apex. An, an entire eight-figure consultant business, I've narrowed it down, my tasks down to those. Being in the, K, in, in the CRM, hitting my KPIs, and making sure my clients win. Um, in the roofing company, it's my responsibility to set up the, give, give my team the entire ecosystem and the tools in order to crush, you, you know, at, at, at that point, if I give you the tools, the training and the ecosystem in order to the, the environment, in order to be successful and you don't do something with it, it's not on me. It's on you. And whenever you, whenever you position it that way, there's so many, so many variables and stuff like that inside of business and sales. Whenever you have those controls and you can simply have those controls set in place so that if you know if they're not being met, if somebody's not successful, it's not on you. And, and that's okay because not everybody's meant to be a salesperson. Not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, right. anything like that. That's okay, but I'm going to give you all the tools in order to be successful. So once I set those up, then it's simply you know caring about people. That there's no One of my mentors always says there's no such thing as business problems. There's only personal problems. So if you become successful at that and then you start slacking, I know it's not it, – there's nothing business-wise. It's not the leads. It's not – whether we got hit with hail, it's, it's something personally. So it's it's caring about your people too. Um, so that's the roofing company. Tree service company is really just keeping my websites up and keeping my, my mom, you know, kind of sane because, you know, coordinating those jobs is, it, it can be tough. So um, that, and then also we, we have a, a couple big corporate accounts that, that we have to just keep happy too. Um, so just keeping, keeping those um, in track, in line. Yeah, so you mentioned KPIs, key performance indicators. And that is your sole focus. So you bring up a good idea. Like if you as a business owner are having trouble trying to figure out, you know, what's the most productive things for you to do in the day, you get to a point where like just shit's on fire and you don't even know where to go. Like you don't know what to do next. You always can go back to those KPIs. They'll never steer you in the wrong direction. But you have to truly understand what, what are those KPIs in your business. And I don't think a lot of people truly slow down enough to figure those things out, right? It's it's something they're like, oh, we've heard it before. Oh, KPIs, I'm going to track my shit. And and you ask, produce it. Show me what you're tracking. And people can't figure it out. And sometimes people take it to the extreme too, and they try to start, you know, counting everything in the world. You, you don't need to do that. Think about what your end result is. 
and then reverse engineer how you get that end result. And that's all you need to track. So for me, it's touch points, you know, having those conversations, it's social media, interacting with people on social media and making posts. Those three KPIs alone are all I need to track. I don't need to track, man, how much time, how much did, da, 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 da. Dude, don't, don't overwhelm yourself. Just make it as simple as possible. And I, and I think that's one of the, the biggest keys to success is, is making it as simple as possible. I'm, I'm not sitting here making it super complicated. Oh, you need to order materials for this. You need to do that. Dude, just, just make it as simple as possible. But reverse engineer the end result. And really my end result is freedom. I want to get to a point where my passive income is like, get, get to that tipping point where my passive incomes are just like feeding my lifestyle. Any active money that I make is going straight to investments. So once I reverse engineer that, now I just need to know, hey, I just need to focus on money. I just need to focus on providing value, stacking this money, investing it, not spending it. And I'll get to that point where I have that time freedom, um, where I can really have any freedom that I want. Memories, vacation, travel, spend time with my family, donate to charities, whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, like the, the more simplistic we keep it as a business owner, the more time that frees up during the day. Right. Because I think, too, there's there's the other there's the tipping point to that, to your point, like don't make it complicated to a point where you're phantom busy all day. Right. And what I mean by phantom busy is like just sitting around the office pretending like you're working. Oh, I'm on Instagram. Oh, that, that's work. Or um, answering these emails. Well, none of those fucking things are pushing the envelope forward for you. You're probably not a KPI. Right. Probably not something that you should be spending time on. But as entrepreneurs, we get wrapped up in all the minutiae of all the other shit that happens during the day. And we're like, oh, that's work. No, that's delegated work. Get that shit off your plate, right? You let someone else do it. So the, the KPIs equate to you having more freedom during the day to be more successful. So that's a really good point you, you brought up there. So now that you have these KPIs down, and it's giving you more time, that's probably what's allowed you to say, okay, now I'm ready to help the tree company. Put mom in the tree business. We got KPIs there, and mom runs it. You're, you're pretty much hands off. You've got an entire real estate business that you're not even talking about, right? We're not even, we don't even need to bring that up, but KPIs. You know exactly what you need to be doing on a daily basis there to make that thing work. And I always see your ass on Facebook fucking off having fun, making memories, not at work, right? So you've identified the best of both worlds. I know what I need to track to be successful here so that I can also be successful at home, right? And, and spend time with my old lady and family and cousins and brothers and all the shit. So for, for someone who doesn't know how to find those KPIs and you say reverse engineer the goal, walk them through what that means. Let's say that the goal is $100,000 a year in income. How would you reverse engineer that to figure out KPIs in the roofing world? And we'll just use roofing because you know that business. Yeah, man. So so one thing I like looking at is I like breaking goals down as simple as possible. If somebody says, man, what, what's like your 10-year goal? Dude, I, I really don't have a 10-year goal. The reason why is because three years ago, I never would have imagined that I'm right here. How, how am I going to be able to, like, I'm just guessing at that point. I'm dreaming. Like, you, you can have a vision. Like, yeah, I want to go in this direction. You know, for me, what that vision would be 10 years is I probably want to own a bunch of companies, probably want to have a, a huge investment portfolio. I probably want to have time freedom. People look up to me. You know, I, I, I have impact on people. I'm changing lives. That's probably the general direction I'm going to go. But if, if you ask me what companies or what I'm investing, how, how big my port, I don't know, man. Um, so let's talk about that. So so a one-year goal, I, I like three-year goals. I think a three-year goal, like a thousand-day goal, is the perfect time to not only dream big and have some big stuff in there, 
but also it's just short enough where it's like, hey, every every thousand days, you know, you're able to say, hey, did, did I get here or not? Um, so a three year goal, a one year goal, I like breaking that down into into months, too. So instead of 100K per year, it's only 8K per month. Or let's let's push it a little bit. Eighty five hundred, whatever the number is. I think it's like eighty six hundred or something like that. Um, what what is it monthly? Now we're gonna break down it down into into weekly. Now it's gonna be two k every single week. So in, in roofing, dude, one deal you're making two k. So now you know your your KPI is one deal every single week. What do you need in order to get that one deal? Because if that's the one thing that you need in order to be successful for the week, and if you're successful every single week, you're gonna be successful for the month. And then for the year, you're going to accomplish your goal. What, what do you need to do in order to do that? And, and this is one thing that so many people, it's so easy to make money on Excel spreadsheets when you're like, oh, I only need one deal every single every single weekend and, and I'll, I'll be, make 100K. It's so easy. To, rich, dog. Dude, it's, it's so easy. You can get carried away, but um, that's where you need to start focusing on the input. So in order to get one deal, look at, look at how you closed your last few deals. What, how many people did you have to talk to? in order to accomplish that. So roofing, for example, I always tell my guys, hey, our goal is to get one deal every single week for a month, one deal every single week. In order to do that, how many days do you need to go out? And this is gonna range based on experience, based on skill. But here's the thing is, is the more effort you put in, the more input you put in, the, the higher your skill is gonna get, the better your experience is gonna get. So that number is gonna keep going down. So let's say, hey, in order to get that output, every single day, I need to knock on 50 doors. And if you knock on 50 doors, five days out of the week, six days out of the week, I guarantee you, you're going to file at least three claims and you're going to, you're going to get one roof. Now it's just simply doing the input. Hey, instead of me thinking about it, let me just put it in my calendar every single day, non-negotiable. I'm going out, focusing on the inputs in order to get the output. Put it on autopilot. Don't think about it. Just put it on autopilot. So, uh, you know, that's one of the biggest ways and, and I think the, the quickest ways to become successful. The problem, the fucking problem here is that people get in their own way. They get in their ears, they get in between their ears, the headspace, whatever you want to call it. And then like, I don't, I don't want to knock on this door. I don't want to pick the phone up and call this. They don't want to hear from me. What did nine times out of 10? They need you. You just got to know how to approach the situation, right? So same thing for me. Like I'm 41. I've been doing this a long goddamn time. I failed miserably a lot. You know, I, I got into business ownership a little bit late in life. But I did the same thing, and I learned how to do the same thing you just put out there. How many people do I need to talk to a day? How many times do I need to ask for a referral? And this was early on, right? How many phone calls do I need to make? And if I could do those three things, regardless of how I felt internally about my world, it would work out. Fast forward to today, because I did that work for grueling amounts of time, eight years, nine years, 10 years, right? We've been in the game a long time now. Now I don't have to do those things because I set that up on the front end. It's, it's on autopilot without me even having to actually call and ask questions or call and ask for a referral. Now I still do that because I don't want to let the game go. I still like the chase, but I could very easily just come to work and run the business and, you know, field phone calls all day and, and it could be great. Right. But I like to dictate the outcome still, even at this stage of the game where I don't necessarily have to. I still like putting in the KPI work because now it's addicting to me. The difference is who I used to call on is no longer who I call on. 
it's way bigger of a number. It's way bigger of a company, right? And so the the thrill, in my opinion, remains there. I think a lot of people get burned out. They're like, oh, I did the 50 doors a day for six years, and now I'm rich. I don't have to do it anymore. Well, it's you, you might be right, but what happened was you let the passion of the chase go, and now you're lazy. So you just basically told me you're a lazy ass, and you don't want to do the work anymore because you've hit a point of complacency. Another thing is, is after those six years, they're probably the most successful person they know. And so they think that they're at the top of the food chain. They don't realize there's a whole other food chain out there. They need some humble pie. Got to get into the right room. So that goes back to where, what rooms are you in? So it doesn't matter what stage of the game you're in. If you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, if you're making 50 grand, if you're an employee somewhere or you're making nine and you know, figures, there's rooms, Apex, executives, investors, there's talent in rooms that make you look like a little bitch in the corner. And if you're not in those rooms where you feel that way, no matter at what stage of the game you're at, then you're, you're going to find yourself out of business or you're just going to retire mediocre and what you think successful and people are going to blow by you. Right? So let's talk a little bit about that. Exit strategies. Right, so you say 10 years is too long. I agree. I think I can't see 10 years down the road. Uh, plus, I change my mind every three and a half minutes. Right. So my goals would change. I'm a one year guy. Right. So so when we talk about exit strategies with our clients, some of them, they all they all have an I want to sell private equity. Venture capital is becoming, you know, the exit strategy of the blue collar world. Right. Want to build my roofing company to 90 million, 100 million of, of revenue, and then sell for a billion dollars or you know, two billion or whatever their exit multiple is in their location. How hard do you feel having that goal of Zach Sasser's exit is in, with only keeping a three-year vision? Because I can't figure out how the fuck I'm going to get out of business. Uh, to me, one year, one year, one year, I'm just going to work forever because I, I love it. A, B, just can't see selling it within that that scope of time. And I'm either too stupid or in my own way to figure out what does a 10 year exit look like for me? I'm the same way, man. I, I don't know if it's the right answer to say, I don't have a 10 year plan. It's just, it, it's what I know. And I think so many times we try to like force stuff whenever, if, if you just vote, like, I don't need a 10 year plan. Once again, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm doing good right now. So hey, let's just dial in. Let's just keep, keep feeding it. Yeah, ten, yeah, 10 years is way too long. I can't even figure out what I'm doing for dinner tonight. You know what I'm saying? I know you have that battle too. With your <laughs> like, What's for dinner? I don't know. You pick. If I pick something, it's not what they want, so we just battle it out, <laughs> right? So let's talk about that. What's the importance to you about being off of work, right? Being able to compartmentalize, because you mentioned it earlier, like I'm doing all of this work to enjoy time, energy, experiences, what do you do on a daily basis to know that like when you check out at Apex HQ and you're at the house, it's not bleeding over, right? So, so first off, I, I, I want to do a disclaimer because I'll answer your question, but I don't want to give the wrong vibes as if that's not one of the hardest things I've ever had to learn how to do. As if there's still days that my mind just continuously runs, even when I'm at home, as if it's, it's never... It, the, Tim Grover calls it the curse of a, a high producer. You know, it, it's it's so hard to turn that off. Um, I'm getting better, so I can definitely answer that and, and give my best advice. But I, I, I don't want to give the wrong – I'm very transparent. I don't want to give the wrong vibes that, hey, I'm, I'm perfect. You know, I'm at work. I'm at work, and then I turn it off, and, and I'm – but one thing 
I'll tell you this. I, I kind of went on a journey and I'm, I'm young, man. I, I, I know I sound like I, I know what's going on, but I'm just doing the best with what I got. Um, <laughs> My dude's like, don't give me too much credit. Settle down. Settle down. So, so I'm surrounded by all these high producers and I'm talking to myself mentally and it's, it's not Zach, you're doing great. You're doing better than any other 21, 22, 23 year old that, you know, it's Zach, you're surrounded by these people and you're, you're not at those levels yet, which if we're being honest, I probably shouldn't be because I'm 23 and they're 43. So it's, it's settle down, bro. Listen to me, listen to me. I'm, I'm feed, that's what I'm feeding myself. Zach, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. And whenever you're feeding yourself that, I'm going home and I'm never turning off. And one thing that I realized is that that's not sustainable. So you're, you're like a computer. You're, your brain's like a computer. It's, it's not a memory drive. It's like a computer. It needs to turn off. You need to be able to compartmentalize. You need to be able to journal, put your thoughts on a piece of paper and leave it there because a piece of paper is a memory drive. Your brain isn't. You can't hold on to that stuff. So a couple of things that, that I realized was one, I, I listened to all these mega successful people reach such high levels of success. And they're saying, dude, like I want my old life back. Like I'm not happy. And I started to realize, and I'm like, dude, I don't want to get to that point where I reach that success. And then I'm not happy. I want to, I want to, I want to know that that's something I'll have to deal with whenever I'm successful and figure out how to reverse engineer whenever I get there. Cause I, I know plenty of people that are successful that are super happy. So what, what's the difference? Right. And what I realized was money simply a magnifier. Money just shows more of who you are. So if you're happy without money, chances are making more money, you're just going to be able to do more memories, you know, have, do the stuff that makes you happy. Whereas if you're not happy without money, you're, you get money, you, you're still not happy. You still don't have people around you that care about you. You don't have those relationships or anything like that. So first off, realizing that, being able to plan ahead, because somebody told me dumb, the dumbest, there's three types of people out there. The dumbest people don't learn from their own experiences. The semi-smart people learn from their own experiences and the super smart people learn from other people's experiences. I don't want to have to go through that experience, be perfect example, rock stars or actors or anything like that, reach all this success and look back and be like, I'm not happy. So I, st I started to pay attention to what makes me happy. I actually started, Keith, thanks to you, man, you put me on to Rob Dyrdek's podcast and he was talking about quantifying your happiness because whenever you can quantify it, you can also say, hey, this is why today was a 10. This is why my, um, I did it. I do it in three different aspects of my life. So I do it in my health, my wealth and work, and then I do it in my life. So I quantify on a scale of one to 10 every single day, how I'm feeling. And then on not, not every single day, usually it's every single week, every single month, something like that. Um, but, and then I say why it was a one, why it was a three, why it was a five, why it was a seven, why it was a 10. And now I'm able to see, hey, this is this is what makes me happy. And now I'm able to dial in on that and realize, hey, this this is what I'm doing it for. Um, that qualitative versus quantitative data is the shit. It is, man. It is because because that's something so hard for me is is like emotions. Like I'm, I'm so logical. That that's why my, my my girlfriend helps me so much. Is she's so emotional? She's able to like help me through that stuff. But like, I, I don't get emotions. I don't get like that stuff that is like, I, I was always good at math and science numbers. Hey, give me, give me an answer. I don't want English where like both of these answers could be right. You could put a semicolon, you could put a comma. Like, I, I don't want that. Give me the numbers. Give me the logic. Um, so dude, you putting me on that podcast was a game changer for me. Yeah. So that podcast, 
my journey in that space uh, was with uh, breaking the habits of being yourself. Right, is a book by Joe. Was it Disposa, Dispanza, Disponzo, whatever his name is? That led me to the Rob Deerdeck holy grail of podcasts. And that dude, I mean, now I came up watching him skate on TV and fuck around with Big Black and, and talk shit and do nothing but pranks with people to now listen to how he morphed. But we were watching his business take off back then and didn't even know it. He's very intentional about what he does every single day. And he's probably, to my knowledge anyway, in my sphere of people, one of the most intentional people with his minutes, right? And that's the way he talks about what's his TV show that he does now. He's like, hey, we needed to shoot 300. I, I do that in two weeks. That entire job where I make X takes place in a two-week period of time because I'm intentional. We went from shooting two videos a day to 12. To your point, I think if we're intentional and we utilize the time that we have, which you do a very good job at because you're running multiple companies at once, we can have all of that success in business, success in wealth, success in investments, all those things, and have a truly epic personal life where we don't have to worry about being on the clock all the time. Now, whether we are on the clock or, or not off the clock, that's an internal battle that we all face in the entrepreneurial world. I'm never off. And it sucks, but I'm never off. I just learn to accept it and then make it work for me. I can be hanging out with the kids, be 100% present, and, and still in the back of my mind subliminally, I'm, I'm consistently thinking about ways to create more effective and more efficient processes or whatever it might be that I'm on that day. So I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think you have to like walk out the door, hit the light switch, okay, work's gone, now it's family time. But I, I think you can create a ecosystem of opportunity to where they both can coexist together, right? To where you're not discounting your children, your wife, husband, girlfriend, whoever, but at the same time, you're still able to function and think about the things that drive you. Let's, like business makes me a better man, right? Because it's a challenge to me. And that's what I think is common with guys like you and me. And, and, you know, a lot of the folks that we see and talk to in apex is that, the business is the challenge that drives us and fuels us for the rest of what we do. And I think people miss that because a lot of people, oh, you've got to compartmentalize, man. You can't take work home and you can't bring home to work. They fuel each other in my world. If I'm not producing at work, my kids don't get to do what they want to do. My wife can't go do what she wants to do. I can't go do what I want to do. And then if I'm, and if I am producing and I'm not present at home, then the, the money that I make in business doesn't get to go and, and do anything. Dude, and not only that, but mentally, when you're not producing, you're not showing up as, as the greatest version of yourself for everybody else. Because I, I always heard people say, hey, never ask, never put a girl before your purpose or anything like that. Because us as men, that's what we need more than anything else is to accomplish and, and to go hunt and to, to, to get that win. More so than anything, we, we need to be winning. So if we're not winning, then, dude, I'm, I'm a mess at home, honestly. Like, I, I, I need to be winning. It's tough, dude. And, and I, you know, it's one of those things. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a forever evolution of learning. It's not something that we're going to master one day and be like, ah, time to hang that up on the, on the hook and go to the next thing. It's what keeps us moving forward. We always want to be better. Right. And so that's one thing that, that you drive. And I can say like, 
even in conversations where I'm just an outsider, fly on the wall, I'm in the circle, but I'm not speaking, I'm listening, right? That You drive that a lot. Like, you inadvertently, and maybe it's maybe it's on purpose, but inadvertently, the way that you communicate to people when I'm around or when I've seen you and, and heard you speak, you're always pushing people, even if you're not, like, actively trying to do that, right? It's just the way that you, your communication style is, like, getting people to take action, right? And that might be why you've been the number one sales guy for 127 years straight, right? But it's it's... You're, you're empathetic, you, you do that, but you're always able to push people in the right direction. So business ownership, you have to do the same, right? You have to be able to do that to your employees, you, you know, people that you're mentoring and whoever else. So that's one thing that is abundant with you, but lacks the days of calling a lot of other people, right? They just don't do the work that it takes to make other people succeed or even them fucking selves. So let's talk a little bit about Self-studying, self-growth. What are you studying today? What What are you reading? I know you're you're always learning something. Yeah, man. So so the the three books that I'm reading right now are Contagious, Twenty One Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and Thirty Three Strategies of War. How do you read three books at once, bro? I I be switching through them. I I don't like reading one thing at the same time. Um, I'm listening to a couple other books too. How to buy back your time. Um, 48 laws of power. Like, like those are the, those are the things that I, I just like switching through different books and, and reading different things. Um, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm focused on those is leadership. I feel like leadership is kind of that next step for me. Like I've climbed this mountain of sales. I've gotten good at sales. Now I need to be able to translate that and communicate it into helping other people be successful at it as well. I feel like that's my next journey that I'm going on. Um, so leadership, be, being able to care about people. And, and really, I feel like that's the biggest thing. So personally developing myself so that I can develop other people. Um, so that's a huge focus of mine. Um, contagious. I, I, I want to learn how to how to make things contagious. So contagious is talking about how to get social proof and get other people talking about different things. Like why why do some things catch on and some things don't? And it really comes down to social currency. Um, so creating things that people want to talk about. Um, so kind of reverse engineering that, figuring out how to people, how to make more people talk about stuff. Because if you think about it, what's the number one best referral source? Referrals. I, I guess I gave it away by saying referral source, but best lead source or something like that. It's, it's referrals. It, it's the reason why is because somebody else saying, hey, you need to be, you need to join Apex. Perfect example. You saying it. They're going to join Apex. Whereas if I come to them, I'm like, hey, entrepreneur, we, we can help you grow your business. We can do this. Yeah. Okay, dude. But, but whenever you say it's, it's different. Um, so contagious, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn how, how to catch trends and, and get people to, to start trends and have that social currency. Um, who, who, uh, who's, who wrote contagious? I want to say Jonah Berger. It's a, it's an orange book. Um, and then 33 strategies of war. The, the reason I, I studied that is, is it talks about how the world, while we're not going to war all the time, like in ancient Rome or ancient Greece, anything like that. The wars that we go through now are more political. It's more social. It's you walk into a room and maybe somebody that doesn't like you is, is, is going to make a little comment or something like that. Those little jabs, like like those those things that if, if you were back in ancient Rome, it's like, all right, motherfucker, pull your sword out. Let, let's, let's gladiate or let, let's go to the Colosseum. You can't do that now. You can't do that in, in corporate America. You can't do that with, you know, in this world that we live in. 
So in it, really what it is, is it's psychological warfare. And if you don't learn how to not only don't, there, there's two ways you can do it. You can use it in, in a bad way or you can use it to protect yourself. So if you go at it in, in a way to protect yourself and protect your mind, I, I think that's one of the best things that you can learn. That's why uh, a 48 Laws of Powers is the most read book in prisons. It's because there's a lot, dude, people don't realize this. There's, there's a lot of politics going on in prisons and there, there's a lot of, um, really what it is, is, it, is it psychological war, um, sometimes physical war. So, so just learning that to, to really protect yourself. Um, so those are some things. And then how to buy back your time. I like learning about how to consistently become better as a person and, and, and manage my time better and figure out, hey, if what's this is my buyback rate, this is what I need to hire other people for while I focus on this to get get the highest ROI possible. Um, so, yeah, th those are some books that I'm reading right now. I can't even. Yeah, I can't even read one book and, and try to focus on some other shit. I read different, though. I, I read and I study. I, I mean, I don't even read. I just study. If I just read a book from cover to cover, I'll retain, you know, the last page. Uh, and, and that's about it. So I read methodically very slow and take notes and highlight and then go back and reread. So it takes me forever to read a book. That's why I stick to one book at a time. You touched on something there that I think is uh, one of the hardest decisions for an entrepreneur to make and one that they push off way too long. When to hire first, right? And I know buy back your time. I've read it probably 10 times now. I even got a fresh copy from you. Thank you, dog. Uh, it's all good, bro. It, that I, I saved that one and I, I gave all the other ones away. Um, but let's talk on that, dude, because I think you and I hear this a lot. It's like that people know they need to hire because they get caught doing, you know, the administrative managerial bullshit during the day and not producing. But they're, they're, it's either they're nine times out of 10, they're too scared to hire because when they think of hiring that person, they think of that person's salary is what the cost is going to be for the year, not thinking like, if that guy doesn't work out in 90 days, you just let him go, right? Or, or transition them. So talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on that. Like, what are you seeing in your world, right, as business owner, but also what are you seeing in the masses? Because you have access to 3000 of me. What, what do you see in that world? Is that an accurate statement? Or is that changing? No, 100%. People definitely always struggle with hiring. And I think the reason why is because they look at it as less of hiring different tasks and not realizing that you're going to max out eventually. So they look at it as what's the cost and not the value. What is the cost of hiring somebody to do my meal prepping? Let's, let's start on little tasks like meal prepping or doing your laundry or stuff like that. What is the cost of it? But what is the value of you having that time and being able to focus on, on something else? Another thing is, 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 People think you need to go all the way in right away, whereas you don't. In there's different tasks. So, so if, if you keep doing the same thing that you're doing, eventually you're going to be maxed out unless you find a way to replace some task and add higher value tasks. Replace some task, add higher value task. You don't need somebody to do everything for you. You don't. Start start. It, easiest way to do it is start delegating different tasks for you. Going to the grocery store. Maybe instead of you going to the grocery store, maybe you get on. My girlfriend's been ordering um, off of, I don't know, Uber Eats or Walmart Deliver or something like that. Like just get our stuff delivered to us instead of us going to the store, walking around, not only wasting an hour of our time, but also like think about the mental fatigue that you're going through too. Whereas, hey, you don't need. <laughs> what's that? 
buying shit you don't need just because it, you see it. Exactly. Um, so start looking at it. I, I think that's one of the easiest ways that I can that that's helped me at least is instead of thinking, dude, I, I need to hire a full time salary position, you know, sixty thousand dollars per year. How am I going to be able to justify it? Da, 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 da. Just start just start minimizing it. Um, I highly recommend How to Buy Back Your Time by Dan Martell. It's a great book talking about how to section off different sections and, and how to really prioritize what makes money, what takes time, what like all the different quadrants. Um, it's like that quadrant where it's like urgent and that one or one's urgent and then one is um, I don't even know, man, important. So it's like, is it is it important and urgent or is it important and not urgent? There's all different types of like that, like different quadrants. Um, figure out those tasks that, that you want to start, you know, offloading and watch your life change. You don't, you don't need to hire a $60,000, $80,000 per year assistant. Figure out a way to start to start doing your, your groceries and see the impact that it has on you throughout your week. Figure out those, those simple tasks that, that just change the game for you. And once you see one thing, you're like, dude, what's another thing that I could do like this? Now, now I need to do groceries or now I need to do um, laundry and, and just start sectioning those, those tasks off. Kind of, it, it circles back to what you said earlier about reverse engineering the goal, right? So if you're if your goal is a hundred thousand dollars, you got to do run one roof, right, a week. This this guy or girl isn't going to cost you sixty grand a week, right? Maybe it's a thousand bucks a week. So what do you need to do as the head of the business to generate another thousand dollars for it to be a covered cost in the company, and add that to your KPIs? It's that easy, right? That's how I look at, okay, should I hire this individual? It's not, do I have enough income? Is the business going to be, what else do I need to do in my daily routine to cover the cost of this person to take away all of these tasks? Because you got to fill that time with something, right? And you're not going to fill it with the same mundane bullshit that you're trying to get off your plate. You're going to fill it with forward moving momentum whether that's out marketing, right? Because I think too, like we we're the operator for so long and then we hire a bunch of people and then we stay the operator instead of morphing and graduating to the CEO and just marketing the business. And that's a huge disconnect. A lot of guys like me and you have a mental issue with stepping away from ownership, de decision-making ownership, should I say, and operating instead of out pimping the business. Right. I want to be out letting people know about the business and I want all the people that I've built to run the fulfillment of my company. But dudes get so wrapped up and they have to be in everything and they need to be involved and they never grow and then they they phase out. Right. So that's important to kind of understand tying a couple of key concepts. Reverse engineer big fucking goals into daily swallowable action items, but that's not just in production of cash flow. Use that same process and hiring and firing and the whole nine yards. And if you do that, you've been successful. I've been successful. A lot of people we know have been successful by just that simple transaction of like, all right, here's where I want to be. Here's where I'm at. How do I reverse? Oh, I got to do these three things. If I just do these three things, this will go, I'll go there at some point. Dude, it sounds way too easy, but that that's literally what it is. Like just like how to get there, what it's going to take to get there then just simply have the discipline and, and tenacity to do it. Yeah. Well, dude, we've been on 48 minutes. We said 30. I could probably talk to you for another three days. <laughs> so we're going to have to do uh, uh, 2.0 on this one. Let's roll. We'll come in with some more tactical shit on the next one. 
Uh, this one got way more tactical than I thought it would. So, as always, brother, I appreciate your time, your energy, your charisma. You're one hell of a dude. Even off of the, the podcast, you're, you're a really good dude. So, I appreciate anyone you. that's got you in their corner is great. How can, how can the people get a hold of you? Now, let's, let's, let's just disclaimer. We might have four people see this, you know, because this is only like the third real podcast I'm going to put out in the universe, but I don't give a fuck. So how can the three people that watch this shit get a hold of you? So I'll tell you this. If you're listening to this podcast, please reach out. Whether you like this podcast, whether you didn't, you probably liked it if you're at the end of it. Um, please let, let me know what you thought. Let, let me know your, your comments and stuff like that. Best places to get a hold of me. I'm, I'm most active on social media on Facebook and Instagram. So my Facebook is probably where I'm most Instagram, uh, not most uh, Instagram, most active. It's going to be facebook.com forward slash real Zach Sasser. And then my Instagram is going to be at Sasser 21. Um, and like I said, please, please do not hesitate to reach out to me for those three listeners out there. Please reach out. All three of you. Let me know what you thought. Zach's phone right now. Let me know your biggest takeaway. Biggest takeaway is we got to fix the echo. You know, we got, we got, it hadn't happened in a while. So maybe it's gone. Anyway, guys, uh, long story short, man, this was a good one. Uh, Zach is your plug into the apex ecosystem. Uh, I, give them a lot of money every year to be involved. And uh, listen, it is the one of the best investments ever, in my opinion. If if you need some references and some some other people to talk to, to, to make sure that we're not bullshitting, you know, Zach's got a million, I've got a million, we'll be happy to give them to you. But reach out, let us know what you thought. Love everybody. You guys have a good day. <laughs>